He's like, actually, I'm not going to whistle. Instead, let me tell you about these three girls that were murdered four years ago. <laughs> and that's 40 it. Years ago. 40 years 40 years ago. Yep. I know, I know time. Thank you. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Other Brothers Podcast, the show where two best friends give their thoughts and opinions on any and all consumable content out there in the world. I'm John. And I'm Colin, and we're your hosts. John, what are we talking about today? We're going to be talking about the new Halloween movie, Halloween Kills, which came out just last week. And I'm super excited to talk about it. Give me a brief synopsis of this movie. Michael Myers is still not dead. And he wants to go home and kill everyone along the way. That's it. Fair, fair. You got anything better? Michael Myers still on the run. People panic. Yeah, okay. (laughs) That works too. <laughs> I think between the two, we've covered all the bases, so that's good. Yeah, and that's about going to do it for our non-spoiler section of this review. Uh, so if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you might want to stop listening or be the chaos monster that you are and continue following along and listening. Yeah, whatever you want to do. If you don't care about this movie being spoiled for you, stick around if you want to go watch it first. We totally understand that too. So, what did you think about this movie? Initial thoughts. So, my initial thoughts on this movie are a little mixed. Uh, Don't get me wrong. It's going to, and I'm going to say this now, it's important to remember that I'm saying this. Okay. And that I have already said it. I liked this movie. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to critique it, but I liked it. Okay, great. I don't think it's a good standalone movie, though. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's trying to be at no, all. I agree with that. It's definitely not. But it was weird to go see it as a standalone movie. Okay. See, I don't think I viewed it as a standalone movie in any way. I, I kind of went in viewing it as the continuation of Halloween from 2018. Oh, no, absolutely. But standalone as in, like, The Two Towers feels like a standalone movie, even though it is a second movie in a trilogy. It like it's it's going to be almost important to watch Halloween twenty eighteen and then Halloween kills within the next couple of days on a rewatch of this movie. Like this isn't the kind of movie that you can just put on unless you don't care about actually watching the movie. Sure. I agree with that. I think it's kind of in the same vein as Halloween two is to Halloween one if you're watching them together. Because Halloween two yes. isn't really a standalone movie either. You can't watch that without understanding Halloween one happened. So yes. I think that that's totally fair. I, I'm i just going to side tangent for a second about how you think that The Two Towers is a standalone movie. Because I completely disagree with you on that. It is literally the middle movie of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which was all filmed at the same time to make it essentially one complete long movie. So I don't think The Two Towers works as a standalone movie because... Without what happens before it or after it, it does not have any context. I, it could easily also be that I'm just a big Lord of the Rings nerd and don't mind that. Sure. I think that's probably uh, part of it. The, but I feel like even as it is, works 
better as a standalone than this movie does. Okay. That's fine. I And I mean, I don't disagree with you. This is definitely not a standalone movie. I have no problem with that, though, either. I think that... Yeah, no, and, and that's that's why I wanted to say, like, I did like this movie. Mm-hmm. But there are some of the decisions and some of the things that happen in this movie that feel very unconventional. And maybe not in the most enjoyable way. Okay. I'm interested to hear what things you're talking about when we get to them. So I'm excited for that. So why don't we just jump in? So this film starts during the events of Halloween 2018, where Cameron is trying to get in contact with Allison and Oscar after the very, very badly handled situation that he had at the dance. Yeah, what a good guy he is. Uh. Not... mm. (laughs) And we come across Hawkins, who's not dead. I was shocked that he was still alive. Honestly, I thought Sheriff Hawkins was dead for sure. Well, actually, moving back, because then we jump into a flashback. Yes, we do. Going back to the ending of the original Halloween movie. Yep. Tacking on some extra stuff, and unfortunately, making the headcanon that I very much enjoy now irrelevant. Halloween 2 is officially no longer canon. And I would be lying if I said that that didn't make me sad or didn't affect my feelings toward this movie. That is a note that I had. I did want to say, Colin, I am sorry, but your headcanon no longer works. You are going to have to move on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. (laughs) So. Unless I just don't count this movie as canon. No, I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) I will still enjoy Halloween 2. I will just have to live with the fact that it is not canon. Just a multiverse theory, it's fine. Or you know what, you know what, it is Lori going through trauma, and it is all in her mind. It's all a hallucination. Yep. Yep, that's fair. She's kind of crazy, we learned that in 2018, so. During this flashback, I really enjoyed the CG-faced Loomis that we got to see. I appreciated (laughs) Loomis being there, even though it was not Loomis, but I enjoyed It, it. it. It was an attempt to have Loomis in the movie. Yeah, I think they they did a good job with it. CG faces have come a long way. Yes, yes they have. And then we get our title sequence. Yes, we do. The the pumpkin trope. Mm -hmm. Which I know you were, I know you were, I know you were curious about what they were going to do in this title sequence with the pumpkins. I thought the multiplying pumpkins was kind of interesting. I wasn't sure what it was going to mean. I don't think it really means anything. I think it was just a neat visual. The thing that got me, though, is that the the pumpkins then start catching fire. And there's just a whole lot of pumpkins on fire. And that was uh, spooky. That was spooky. And that one made more sense to me because fire at the end of the last movie, going into this one, I got the fire. The multiplying pumpkins I didn't get, but the fire I understood. Yeah. And we're introduced to old Tommy for the first time, which I honestly, I didn't. In my mind, I didn't think that we were going to like ever see Tommy and Lindsay. I don't know why I thought that, since they were so important in the first Halloween, in terms of being a part of it. But I'm glad that we did get to meet them as adults. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do we know if those are the same actors? I don't know. I didn't look that up. I can do that right now, though. I will race you. It is not the same actors. It is not. Yeah. So, Tommy is not the same, but Lindsay is the same. Okay, so they got some of them. The yes, they got one out of cool. the two, which um, is cool. Well, like, is the other sheriff and all them, are they the same actors? 
I'm pretty sure they are. Okay. I'm going to double check about Sheriff Brackett, but I'm pretty sure, yes, Charles Cyphers plays Lee Brackett, who was the sheriff in Halloween 1 and 2. That is in these two Halloween movies as well. He is the same person. So that's pretty cool. Okay, sweet. So we have a whole lot of the returning cast from the original Halloween movies, which is really neat. And then we get Tommy's introduction at a bar talent show. With a really, really sad, depressing slash scary story to put in a talent show. (laughs) So, John, when we're doing these podcast things and we're we're coming up with what we're going to talk about, we take notes. Yes. Yes, we do. So, because I have no shame, I will bring a notepad and pen to the movies, because honestly, why not? It's 2021. We go through the struggle of sitting in the dark, trying to write notes in a notepad. But sometimes, when we're writing these notes in the dark, when we can't see, we don't write things that are really, really easy for us to read. So, we have to decipher them, and sometimes we don't have time to do that before the podcast starts... So you get the joy of listening to us try and figure out what Colin wrote today. (laughs) Yeah. So So it's not just writing notes, but because I want to watch the movie, it's writing keywords as notes. Uh, (laughs) However, this one, because of Tommy talking at this talent show, it got a full sentence. I wrote, dude, this is a talent show. I had the same thing. <laughs> like, I said his Halloween story was a big downer on the talent show, though. Yeah, wow. <laughs> there was like, yeah, we're singing. We're three pretty girls. We're singing. He's like, all right, hang on. Not, well, no, we got an introduction that, that it was going to be bird whistling. Yep, that's true. I was ready for that. I was here for it. He's <laughs> like, actually, I'm not going to whistle. Instead, let me tell you about these three girls that were murdered four years ago. <laughs> And that's 40 it. Forty years ago. Forty, forty years ago. Yep, I know. I know time. Thank you. <laughs> My next note is poor Doug, and I remember writing this note, thinking this character looks like he would be a Doug. Oh, it's uh, in reference to their dad dying, or Allison's dad dying. Oh, okay. I don't know his character name, but he seemed like a Doug. Wow. And and when they talk about him being dead, all I could think was poor Doug. <laughs> he will forever be called Doug by us, because last episode, we did not give him a name at all, and we were just fine with that. So Doug it is. And if you hate that, too bad. <laughs> so yeah, they go to the hospital. Lori gets real beat up in her fight with Michael, and she is like impaled brutally through the stomach at some point. So they have to do some pretty hefty surgery on her in the hospital. And then we go back to her house where the firefighters are, uh, well, they're, they're not having a good night. I know, it's well, a big I... fire. It's tough. It's really hard for them to put it out. That's what you mean, right? No, I'm, I mean more so the one guy that falls through the floor, sees Michael Myers and goes, hey, there's a guy down here. And then every one of the firefighters dies. Oh, no, they don't die. They get they massacred. They are literally yeah. massacred. They are they're um, quite literally, like, ripped apart yes between stabs through helmets into eyeballs sawed off heads in this movie i'm just like holy crap remember when we said the key word of last week's episode was brutal this one i feel like takes brutal and gives it like a worse scarier messier meaning just as a whole 
But we can also, in this movie, I feel like, add the word creative to that. Because they were yeah. very creative with a lot of their brutality. The, yeah. My, Michael was definitely, definitely had his he was thinking being, cap on. He was being a showman for this movie. <laughs> There's a, there is a lot of sculpturing. Yeah. He, a lot of showmanship of through everything. Yeah. We then go back to the bar where the doctor and nurse are leaving and... I'm not even giving them names. They are doctor and nurse, even though the nurse is a doctor and the doctor is a nurse. Yep, it's uh, fine. I'm good with that. He forgets his stethoscope, and I put, man, except the loss. Like, at, at that point, your your wife, your fiancé, your girlfriend is not having a good night. She is very yeah. clearly not having a good night. Like, just, it's a stethoscope. Yeah, no. I'm, I'm sure you use it for work, and I'm sure that they're expensive, but, like, you're also a nurse. And also, you're regular at this bar. That yeah. person who has your stethoscope, it's Hawkins. Just, you'll get it back. Your girlfriend, yeah. wife, fiance is just not having a good night. Take the loss, man. One thing that happens before we get to that scene is oh. Michael goes first to Laurie's neighbor's house and brutally murders them. One with a stab through the neck with a fluorescent light pole and the other one with his head bashed and sliced on windows and then stabbed repeatedly in the back with multiple knives from the kitchen, which I thought was very weird. The sculpturing going on. Yeah, I thought that was like the start of the sculpturing, and it was very strange to me at first. I was wondering why he was taking each knife and just stabbing the already dead man in the back until he got to his knife that he wanted to keep. I was like, but why? Why not just take that one and go? Eh, maybe it's for the, the feel of the knife. How does, how does this one feel when I'm stabbing? Eh, maybe. All right, what about what about this one? How does this one feel? Plus, also, yeah. it is a spooky sculpture. Like, yes, like spooky sculpture. and I really, I feel like I stopped asking why after that because I was like, there's really no getting into the head of Michael Myers because it's Michael Myers, and he just kills to kill. So I moved on pretty quickly from that. But that yeah. was just a moment I had. And then we do go back to the bar. And on the news in the bar, they show that Michael Myers and another inmate have escaped from this prison and have not been found, and that Michael Myers is still alive. Was it just the other inmate that escaped, or was there two other inmates that escaped? I'm pretty sure it was just the one. Okay. Like, that makes complete sense. I just, when I was watching the movie, I didn't realize that the face that they brought up was Michael Myers. Yeah. Well, they blurred it intentionally. They made it so you could not tell who it was. It was Then then I wasn't paying close enough attention because I thought it was Michael Myers had escaped and also these other two had escaped. No, it was Michael Myers and this one other guy. Okay. And then, yes, Dr. Nurse Man forgets his stethoscope, goes inside, his wife goes to the car, and she gets in the car. And who's in the car? Uh, not Michael Myers. Not Michael Myers, but we thought it was Michael Myers. Well, he's not acting very Michael Myers-esque. He's True. I mean, he is showing up as a mentally unstable person because he was in a psychiatric ward. Yep. So, like, this guy's not right in the head. No, that's true. But everybody thinks that it is Michael Myers. So, as a Halloween 4 mob, they decide, all right, we're going to kill him. Mob style. We're making a mob. Yeah. You guys want to be in a mob? Let's do a mob. And then the whole town just decides, yeah, we're going to, we're cool with mobs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. We are cool <laughs> with mobs. So next we cut back to Cameron, who's still with the sheriff, and he calls his dad, who I didn't realize until this moment was, if you remember from the flashback to 1978, he is the kid that got shoved down onto the sidewalk, and Michael Myers walked up to him. And then walked away from him and did not kill him outside of 
the Myers house. That was a weird thing to happen, too. Yes. Uh, where Michael just decides not to kill this kid. I don't know if it's because he was a kid, Michael didn't decide to do it, or if they just wanted to introduce his character. Yeah, I think it was... to have a relation to Michael. Like, it, it just felt a little weird, especially with the amount of stuff from the original Halloween movie that they brought up, and then also being like, oh, by the way, this, this also happened. It was kind of like... Yeah, I think it was probably used mostly just as a way to introduce a character quickly and effectively without asking too many questions about who this guy is to include him in the movie. So... I'm not too mad Again, at it. Not, not, a ne- not a negative, more so just like it felt a little jarring. So I put that together and I was like, oh, wow. So Cameron really is kind of connected to Michael Myers too. That made me be like, oh, Cameron's definitely going to have more of an important role in this movie than he did in the last one. So that was interesting yes. to me too. Yeah. And then we go from that and we go to the Myers house present day, which is occupied by a lovely couple. Yep, and they're having a good old time, dancing around, getting high, watching Halloween movies, and then mm-hmm. they get, we see the kids wearing the original Halloween 3 costumes, showing up, asking for candy, but not quite, because it's a kid on the ground, and there's a razor blade in the chocolate bar, and nope, turns out it was a prank to steal all their candy. And then this couple comes out, starts arguing with the kids... And then decides that they're going to scare the kids back. And at that moment, I wrote down the note, all of these people are dead. Listen, I was genuinely concerned for these children. And it made me really mad that they did that. But I really grew fond of Big John and Little John. I really liked them as characters. <laughs> I thought they were so much fun. And I, I, as soon as they were in the Michael Myers house, of course they were going to be dead. And it yeah. made me so sad to know that that was coming because I did really like them. I thought they were really fun. There was a moment where one of them references or plays with the pitchfork that is in the Scarecrow's hands on their front porch, and I thought, hmm, that pitchfork is going to be used for something later. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, maybe. A little bit of foreshadowing dropped right there. My next note, because we cut back to Karen telling Allison that she can't go out hunting for Michael Myers, Karen is a Karen in this movie. Karen is a very concerned mom, but she does it in a very aggressive way. So, yes, I don't disagree with you on that one. But, like, with everything that she saw through Halloween 2018, especially at the end, you'd think that she kind of understands the need to, like, hunt down Michael Myers and, like, why Allison would be like, hey, I want to be involved. Yes, I agree with you on that. But I also understand her being a mother and being like, I just got you back. You're safe. Don't go back out where this man can kill you. But then she immediately turns to the nurses and is like, do you guys have security guards? Do you have security at this hospital? Do you guys have security? It just felt a little... eh. I mean, it was aggressive. It was very aggressive. Yeah. And granted, it could be trauma because of everything that they went through literally just hours before. So, like... Well, yeah, she's losing her entire world. She lost her husband. She almost Mm -hmm. lost her daughter. She almost lost her mom. She just found out that the man that they tried so hard to kill did not die. So I'm yeah. sure there's plenty of trauma impacting what she's doing. Yeah. Then uh, very quickly in that scene or right after that scene, there is a huge mobbing at this hospital. Is that next? Yep. And this scene gave me so much anxiety just in general. I was like, Oh, it's a hospital. 
Oh man, these people are mad. The the the, no, the they, head of they get, the state they get very police uh, is there. Yeah, and they, he has no form, power. They, they form a lynch mob real quick, which felt kind of weird to watch. Mm-hmm. Like that was that felt very unsettling, and like the only reason it was justifiable as like a positive thing is because it was Michael Myers. But watching yeah. this crowd become so murderous so quick, especially after watching everything over the last couple of years in modern politics and the news, it just, it, it was a lot. <laughs> yeah, and it was it a lot. Felt, it felt very unsettling. And I think they yes. did a good job at capturing that want to do the right thing, but also having violence as the motive leading to consequences. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with that. The fact that the second inmate getting away, the one that wasn't Michael Myers, the fact that it didn't play a really big role in this movie, I thought it was going to be a lot more like prominent in this movie than it was. I, I, thought, I disagree. I think it okay. plays a major part of this movie. I mean, Especially yes. as, like, as far as the overall theme of the movie, which I took as Havoc and Chaos reigning over Haddonfield. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. I just mean I feel like, in my mind, he wasn't going to die as quickly as he did, is really what I meant by that, mm. in terms of playing a larger role. I think yeah. his effect, the effect that him jumping from a very high story in that hospital to avoid being killed by the mob that was there was very, very impactful. It caused a lot of self-reflection for, like, me personally and I think for the mob and just everybody watching. Yeah, and, and I mean, Karen did try and save him. Yes. That, that was definitely a nice thing to see. As you can tell, I wasn't a big fan of Karen in this movie. Clearly. But I think that's not because of bad writing just out of wanting to see that character grow okay sure i think she grew just not in the way that you wanted her to um. yeah I, I i i was and, and i think i'm feeling this way more so because of how this movie ends and we'll talk about that okay that's fair. My next note, you'll have to maybe use a little little uh, audio thing. Uh, brutal is what is what my next note says, and this is Michael Myers attacking the car. Oh, dude! Yeah. Oh man! Wow! I oh, <laughs> I don't even know words. Yeah, my next note is also about that. I said they were awful. Like also, I said, the deaths in this movie. We're way more creative, I feel like, than any of the other Halloween movies up to this point. This movie also did um, a really good job at making me think certain characters were going to be more important than they were, and that certain storylines following these characters were going to be more important than they were. Yeah, no, me too, for sure. Like, um, the, the nurse and doctor, mm-hmm. I thought at least one of them would carry over into the next movie, or at least somebody... From that yeah. policy, not the person that did. I was not expecting Lindsay to survive out of that group. I thought that just how graphic this movie was was very, very effective. I thought in this scene, especially like the knife through the eye, that was intense. was awful. 
I thought the gun deflection to shoot herself in the head for the nurse. That was dumb. But like also, she holy died crap. Dumb. But yeah. like, holy crap, dude. <laughs> she she died so dumb though. And like I was hoping that her character would get like a moment of like bad or like being cool or saying something that was like good, but no, she just had a really bad night. Got pushed into or not pushed into really but like ended up going along on a a hunting trip for michael myers witnessing some really awful deaths being pulled out of a car trying to do the right thing and ending up unaliving herself and that just she did not have a good night no she did not after that we see the well nobody nobody called the cops in that moment nope no they did not why would they that would be smart. and like that's that's a theme that follows this movie is that nobody like nobody trusts the police and like they make a, a point of saying that like they having, do that nobody in Hattonfield trusts the police to stop Michael Myers so maybe that is part of the reason as to why not it just yeah probably was that's only me now thinking about it not me in the moment thinking about it because in the moment it was like why is no one calling the cops and I, mm-hmm. I wrote that note a couple of times but after digesting it a little bit. Maybe that's why? Okay. Sure. I, as much as I did not like the kids that pulled the prank on Big John and Little John, I really do still acknowledge that they are kids, and I am sad yep. that they all had to die. <laughs> they they didn't all, though. Just, just the one did. Was it just the one? I'm pretty sure it was just the one, because Lindsay comes up to the two kids on the swing set, and is like she tells them to go yeah no well like hey kids you know you guys should go home they're like we're waiting for a friend also there's a guy playing peekaboo and it's michael myers and when michael myers is standing there he's holding a head in a mask and i'm pretty sure that's one of the kids it's definitely one of the kids okay the reason i thought all three of them ended up dying though was because when the nurse and the doctor are on the merry-go-round thing there's Mm -hmm. a mask on one of them and a jack-o'-lantern on the other one's head oh okay was that the other two kids then unless unless they died off screen yeah i don't know which very well could have happened i just don't know where michael got that second mask honestly more than anything i'm like where did that mask come from but it could just be he found it and he wanted to hide their heads because that's possible too so that's all good either way poor poor decapitated head one kid did not deserve that kind of a death yeah I have a note, uh, Lori Strode is a bad because upon hearing that Michael Myers is still alive, she first reaction is to pull out all the IVs, unhook herself from the machines, pick up the still bloody knife, and go hunting. Yes. <laughs> she doesn't make it very far, but she tries. And we'll, she... we'll talk about that too later, because I do want to talk about that at the end of this. Okay. She then, at some point, does have a conversation with sheriff hawkins while they are both in their hospital room together and it's a much more personal conversation than i was expecting we don't get a whole lot of like legitimate like sweet moments in the halloween movies and this is one of the ones that i think is definitely sweeter because it's like about a small little romance thing that they had when they were younger it wasn't anything serious and hawkins makes a point of saying that he's like we kissed and we held hands, but that's all because I knew that you had this thing for Ben. And I forget the last name of Ben, 
but his name's Ben. And the reason why I made that note is because we had talked so much last time about your headcanon theory, and Ben mm. also kind of throws a wrench in that for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> he Hawkins makes it sound like Ben was the serious person in Laurie's life at some point, which means that ambulance tech guy Jimmy from Halloween 2 was probably oh, not alive after that movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I just thought that that was a nice, sweet moment to break up the terror that the rest of this movie really is. <laughs> yeah. Then we cut back to the Myers house where yep. Big John and Little John think that they are being pranked again. They are not. Yep. They realize that someone has broken in. And one of the two of them, I forget who's who, is holding a golf club and decides to put the golf club down in favor of a little butter knife. And I wrote the note, really? Yeah, I was like, that knife's not going to do anything. I was so sad that that happened. I was like, now you don't have any range, dude. Yeah, yeah, that that was... Anyway. And that, that alone is the reason he died. Yeah, so they die brutal. No surprise. They do. Man, they do die brutal. I will say, one thing that this movie does is it is very obvious with the places that Michael Myers is going to jump out from. But... I think it does a good job still of, like, making it scary. Regardless of the fact that you know it's going to happen, the use of music and suspense and anticipation of it is used in a good way to, when it happens, it still, like, catches you off guard and jump scares you, which I think is pretty impressive. But, like, he goes upstairs. There's a closet. It's the last place he checks in the room. Obviously, that's where Michael Myers is going to come from. (laughs) Yeah, and also Michael Myers just decided to hide in the closet and then stab whoever opens the door. He's he's very fond of that move. Yes, <laughs> he, he yes does he that is quite a lot. He seemed pretty fond of the eye gouge this time around though too. Yeah, which the eye gouge was gross to watch. Again, a very gross no, we, movie. We, we see the full eyes pop out. Yeah, like it's... yes you do. So again, very. Very well done with your brutality. From here, we actually go back to the lynch mob going after the crazy old person. And this is the scene where he jumps out the window. And my note that I have written is hysteria. And then several lines down, poor old crazy person. Yeah, no, I already kind of said my piece on that. My next note is in reference to the uh, state sheriff guy. I don't know who, who he is. Yeah, I don't remember his name either, but I know who you're talking about. But all I could think is, at what point do you call the National Guard? You know what I mean? Like, you've had, you now have, like, several really bad murders going on. Yeah. You have a hospital full of people who just chased down and killed a crazy person or a mentally ill person. You might want to think about bringing in more numbers. Sure. You know? I think that's fair. The lack of willingness to listen to the authorities, though, I don't know if the mob would have survived the National Guard thinking about that. Mm. But I don't know. Who knows? That's fair, though, because serial killer, you really want to stop him. Yeah. What is your next note? Because there's some stuff I want to talk about with mine. Well, I don't remember when this takes place, but the next thing I have is, oh my god, literally everyone dies in this movie, so I don't really know what context that is in. It might be the... No, it's definitely... It's not when he's killing the mob around him after he pretends to die, because that's after everything else. The next. I don't remember. The next note I have then is when Allison, Cameron, and Cameron's dad go go to the Myers house. They realize 
Michael is killing on the way to his childhood home, he's going home. And I, I wrote the note, the people in this movie are dumb. Because out of everything that they've seen so far, Cameron's dad rolls up, parks, has no problem with them searching the park, but when they get to the Myers house, decides to go in alone. Yep. And Cameron and Allison are waiting there, and they go in after hearing a gunshot. Allison blows up a jack-o'-lantern that spooks her, which, fair. Well also, placed. They, they just carved a jack-o'-lantern and then put it in the closet. Oh, you think they did that? I thought Michael put it there as a trick. Oh, That okay. was my that brain, makes at more least. sense. Because I was like, he's what, a showman. <laughs> that's fair. It is Michael Myers. So that's who I thought did. I thought he did it to trick them because he likes to play those kinds of games. The next note I have is in relation to them finding Big John, Little John dead. And they just give up searching. And then Cameron hears something. So he goes out searching again. And then Cameron fights Michael. And I wrote Cameron is. And then the fight continued. And it's like, oh, he, he, he is not dead. Oh, wow, because I was ready to write the word dead, and then Allison is fighting him, and I'm like, all right, we'll see how it goes. And then I wrote, oh, now he's dead. Oh, dude, Cameron's death. I oh thought he God. was I thought he was going to make it out of this movie. Holy crap, dude. I, I like... the kills in this movie, that was nasty. I got so tensed up, because like, I like subconsciously felt every moment of it, I was just like, the whole time, I was like, this is not good. Yeah. I was like, I felt it all in my neck. I was like, oh my god. It was like sympathetic pain. Yeah, I did not like that death. I did not like watching that happen. I thought for a little bit he might survive out of it. And then Michael's like, oh, you thought, and then twists yeah. his head around. So like, but yeah. hey, not for a lack of effort on Allison's part. She tried so hard to get Michael's attention just on her. She did a really good job. But Michael's just a brutal, brutal, evil demon man. So after Cameron is clearly dead because his head is going the wrong way, Michael goes after Allison. Allison puts up quite a fight, though, man. I was actually pretty impressed by the effort that she put in. But eventually, Allison gets a knife pointed at her chest. I thought she was dead. And she was very aggressive with everything she said to Michael Myers, including do it. Basically saying, kill me, Michael. Kill me, please. Do it. But Michael does not get to do it because Karen comes in swooping with a pitchfork. Hey, there it is. Save the day. Yeah, you called it, man. (laughs) I did not think about the foreshadowing. I was like, oh, pitchfork. Yeah, no. Um, no. As soon as as he was like, (laughs) pitchfork. This is the Myers home. Pitchfork. I was like, ah, okay. (laughs) And there it was. You called it, dude. Yeah. The next note that I wrote down is literally every death in this movie got worse and worse and more insane and horrible. (laughs) Yeah. Because they just kind of kept ramping it up to become worse and worse as every death happened. So here's the next little bit, and I think one of the only issues that I had with this movie. Okay. Karen takes off Michael's mask and gets him to chase her. I don't have an issue with that. Because she leads him directly into a trap, which is great, but I don't understand why that didn't just happen outside of the Myers home. Like, just bring him outside into the mob. Like, I don't really see a reason to take him through the neighborhood and not have the mob just right outside. Sure, that's fair. And the the only reason that they did it from, like, a story perspective that I can tell is because they they wanted that ending thing. Yes. And that... That bugs me. 
Okay. Yeah, looking at it now, thinking about that now, it's not something I thought about at the time, but thinking about it now, yes. And, like, it would be so much more impactful to see Michael obscured. Like, you don't see his face as the viewer Mm -hmm. walking out of his house down and then just having that whole thing happen in front of the Myers house. I feel Um, like that would have been better. But that's me looking at it without being a writer, without being a director, without being involved in the process of the movie. Yeah, and me just playing devil's advocate here on that because I'm just thinking about it. Maybe the choice to have it not be right outside the house was because even though Michael basically is an eight-year-old inside of a grown man's body, he's very smart. So maybe hearing cars and people outside the house, a mob, Mm. would clue him in on that and he would not go out in general. So maybe that's why they did it farther away is to not have that noise be there right away. I don't know. That's fair. That's just me thinking in the moment of one situation as to why it wouldn't be right outside the house. But I think visually you're right. Him walking out of his own house into that situation would be a very impactful shot to get for the movie. Yeah. So I think that would have been a really cool thing to see as well. But lo and behold, Michael Myers falls into a trap, which we don't see very often. Yeah. And he gets his ass beat. He does. He gets shot. He gets hit over the head and in the back a few times. Yeah. I thought that the mob attack was crazy. Did I have any hope that it would work? No. I did not think that he would actually die, but I was very impressed that... I was hoping... Sorry. I was very impressed that they got to the point that they got. Yeah. That's all I was going to say. I was hoping that they'd honestly be more brutal with it. That's fair. Considering how brutal... Considering how brutal he is, I... Yeah. I think it could have been shown more brutally, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know the movie writers really don't want to go into that whole Michael Myers is a mystical force, but I feel like they can go just gray area enough with it that they could have been a little bit meaner. But that being said, you also don't want to see your movie monster slasher guy getting his ass handed to him. Yeah. So, like, I get it. And I think they still did a pretty good job of making it look like a major beatdown. They end it with a knife to the back, so... It's like the back of his neck, too, so like that should kill anyone. Yep. So in their minds, he's dead. In our minds, he's not. And our minds are right. He's not dead. And we get a voiceover of Laurie Strode talking about Michael Myers and the idea of Michael Myers. And uh, Michael activates instant death mode. Yes. Destructo kill mode activated for sure. Like. Yeah, and he just tears them apart. See you later, Tommy. So much for showmanship. He just goes for it takes them all out yeah and i'm pretty sure this movie broke a record of most kills by a single slasher villain in a slasher movie oh really wow i'm, I'm pretty sure it does i, I don't know 100 percent for sure but i'm pretty sure it broke that record wow okay and that's awesome. very much so helped by that scene yes between that one and the firefighter scene that's a lot so yeah yeah and also just that's peppered fair. in with all the other murders throughout the whole movie yeah yeah there's just a few in there yeah, so then we get Allison being treated by the EMTs, and Karen decides to go th- on a stroll through the Myers home. Yeah, so they made mention in a line earlier in the movie that they wonder what Michael Myers sees and like what he really thinks. And they talked about how he could be seen standing looking out the window of his sister's bedroom. And someone mentioned maybe he's actually just looking at his reflection instead. Almost like an inward-looking kind of thing. And so we see Karen going upstairs, and she goes into 
his sister's bedroom, goes to the window to look out, and I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be her trying to get into the mind of Michael Myers, kind of see what he sees. Maybe it is a reflection thing, and maybe we'll see her reflection. And I really was not expecting this at all. I had no thought of what was about to happen. Yeah, she just gets stabbed a lot. Yeah, like, holy crap. She, granted, the argument could be made that she could live, but considering that this next movie is not a... She's not alive. No, she's she's very dead. I have Um, no hope that she's alive. No, neither do I. But, like, on on the off chance, like, you you could argue it. No, she's... Mm -hmm. If Halloween Ends was a direct continuation of this night, then I would say, yeah, that makes total sense. Halloween Ends is not, though. Okay. So, yeah, Karen is dead, and that's why I was so kind of annoyed that she goes very overprotective in the hospital, is because I was kind of hoping that she would get a moment of... And, I mean, she does get that one moment with the pitchfork, but, I mean, like, more than just that, you know? Like, having that characterization a little bit more. But... Nope. Yeah. Her story is done. Yeah. I was really bummed about it just because, like, I wanted to see more of her in Halloween Ends. But I appreciate the fact that it happened because, again, it really plays into that sense of nobody at all is safe. Oh, absolutely. Which this movie, just like Halloween 2018, does a very good job of making that clear that nobody is safe. Anyone could go at any moment. Plot armor is not a thing. Yeah. There were a few times throughout this movie that I really thought Allison was going to die. So she made it. Good and she for might her. even die in the next one. She really might. Because it's Halloween ends. Literally anyone could go. Yeah. Laurie Strode could die in the next one. She's a grandma. She probably will. Who knows? I have no idea what to expect, honestly. So that's the interesting thing. I thought Halloween ends was a continuation of Halloween kills. I thought it was going to be too. Until you said it right now, I didn't know that it wasn't. From, I could be wrong, but I've heard that it is a four years later time jump. Okay. I guess that would make sense just in terms of the fact that the movie would be coming out four years later than 2018, and people do age, so they don't mm-hmm. want to have to keep worrying about that. And since they didn't film them all at once, that's easier to do. So yeah. I can see that. And also when you have an older protagonist that has been stabbed and has had major surgery... Recovery time is probably necessary before they can do some more bad fighting. Yeah, and if you're trying to keep Jamie Lee Curtis in your budget, you want to make it worthwhile instead of having two movies where she lays in a bed the whole time. So I think yep. it's fair that they let her heal up so she can do something again. <laughs> and also <laughs> having her kind of sidelined on in this movie, I think kind of helped show, one, she's human, and two, just what happens when she's not involved. Yeah, that's like, fair. They, they do a good job at being like, oh, the Michael-Laurie connection isn't what drives him. It's not important. It's just a thing that's happening. And I'm wondering if they're going to pull back on that or if they're going to kind of show that it's just all chaos and havoc. But at the end of the day, it is that connection that does end everything. Yeah. Okay, Colin, what's your rating of this movie? What would you give this out of five stars? The more I think about this movie, the more I realize I enjoyed it more than I thought I did originally. So out of five stars, I would rate this a four. 
Okay. Not the 4.5 that Halloween 2018 was, but a solid 4. And that could be impacted by how... I, I feel like it's not quite right to judge this movie as a rating on its own because it's going to be greatly impacted by Halloween ends. But seeing as how that okay. movie's not out yet, I'm going to give it a 4. What about you, John? Sure. What, what would you rate this? So what I really like about how we've been doing these episodes and the fact that I'm coming in without having seen any of them until we're doing this. So like every movie I'm watching, it's the first time I'm watching it. I feel like every movie has kept getting scarier and scarier in terms of yes. things that they've added, things that they've put in. I was genuinely terrified multiple times in this movie, even more so than I feel like I was in Halloween 2018. And that one was really, really well done. I would rate this movie for me a four and a half out of five. I would give it a 4.5. Wow. Um, okay. I gave Halloween 2018 a four. I would give this one a 4.5 because it definitely scared me more. Um, like I said before, I did expect most of the jump scares and where they might happen, but that didn't change the fact that they legitimately scared me anyway. So did you enjoy, because rating doesn't necessarily go to which movie you enjoyed more, which one of the two so far is your favorite, if you had to pick? I don't think I could pick out of these two a favorite, I think, because you said yourself, this movie is not a standalone movie. I agree with you on that. I don't think I could watch this without watching Halloween 2018. Mm. I think the two of them together are a really good first two movies, though. But I think they make a really like good package Halloween together. Two, I enjoy Halloween 2 more than Halloween 1, even though Halloween okay. 2 isn't its own thing. I think since I have only watched each of them once, I enjoyed this one more. Okay. But that's also with having the knowledge from Halloween 2018 that I have. If I came into this without having seen that one first, Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have enjoyed it as much as I did. And that's because I had that flow. So that makes sense. But because I had that flow, I enjoyed this one more. So that's why I gave this one a higher rating. But really, it's a package deal. Together, they kind of give it that 4.5 because without one, the other one wouldn't work. Gotcha. That's kind of where I'm at. All right. Well, if you made it through that whole thing and enjoyed what you heard, don't forget to rate us five stars on whatever podcast listening place you like to use. Yeah. And if you didn't like it, let us know why. Give us a comment. Give us some feedback. But make it nice or we'll send Michael Myers after you. Because we um, have him. He's always uh, looking for people to. (laughs) We have the ability to page him. We we can can send him a text. We'll just say the name Laurie Strode and he'll come running. Yeah. So we got him. If you want to also give us five stars, that'd be awesome too, though. Because we're always trying to improve it. Like we said in the last episode, we know we're doing a lot of horror movies right now. That's because it's Halloween times. Yes, this episode is coming out after Halloween. It is November by the time you're hearing this. But. It is um, not this whole Halloween. <laughs> no, it is before Halloween while we're recording it. This whole Halloween series is in anticipation of this movie having come out, and we wanted to do it for us before Halloween. And it's just a couple weeks after, so hopefully you're still in the spooky vibe a little bit while you're listening to this. At least you had one and two come out before Halloween, so you did get those beforehand. So that's awesome. But next week, we're going to be talking about something that is not a horror movie. So get ready for that one. There are new episodes of Other Brothers Podcast every Tuesday, and if you have any suggestions of what you think we should review next, let us know on Twitter at Other Bros Pod. I've been Colin. I've been John. And we'll see you next time.